Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of Masha and the Dogs. I am Masha and we are here to talk about dogs. And in true Masha and the Dogs fashion, we have another amazing guest on the podcast today with us to talk about her uh, dog who actually I haven't met before in real life and I was super excited to see him on camera just now. He's kind of a big deal. Um, So without further ado, let's just jump into it and uh, introduce our guest. So here with me, I have um, Kat or Catherine and she is Ranger's mom and I'm going to pass it over to her to talk uh, a little bit more about herself. Say hi, hi, Kat. Hi, Masha. Nice to officially meet you through video anyways. Um, my name's Kat Catherine. Um, I work for Ambulance Dispatch. I, some of my passions are the outdoors, hiking, obviously with, with Ranger, um, camping, that kind of stuff. We just, anything outdoors, we love doing, so. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So we have a kind of a funny story, I guess. We haven't actually ever met in person before. Um, I definitely follow you on Instagram. um, But I guess, so my guest from my previous episode, Sarah, um, and she was actually your realtor, right? And that's kind of how you guys met. And uh, you have this absolutely amazing dog. And we're going to talk about him in just a moment. But um, she kind of told me about you because you have this awesome dog and we all are dog lovers and so I followed you on Instagram it was just like the most amazing thing that's ever happened (laughs) (laughs) yes okay so um that's pretty awesome that you work as um ambulance dispatch that's uh that's amazing especially you know considering uh the events of 2020 2021 um thank you definitely thank you um, it's definitely been interesting for sure. Definitely. Um, I, I mean, another reason why I love dogs in general is they're, they're kind of, he's my therapist, right? You, you come home after a, a long shift and I take him for a walk before I do anything and just kind of unwind. And yet yeah, he's, he's my buddy. He'll, he'll always listen. He's a very good listener. Doesn't talk back. And yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So Thanks, Kat. We're going to jump in and, you know, uh, definitely talk about Ranger. Thank you for keeping the intro about yourself nice and short because <laughs> we're not we're not here for you. Um, but just before we kind of start chatting about Ranger, I just wanted to say that, um, you know how like every dog parent thinks that their dog is special and every dog parent is right. However, there are those few dogs that you come across and you see them and you're like, there's something different about this dog. Like there's something like extra special about them and I think that's Ranger for sure because like I said I haven't met him in real life before but you know since I started following him on Instagram I was like this dog is not like any other dog (laughs) he is a special dog so I am I'm so excited to learn a little bit more about him so let's just jump right into it tell us about Ranger well, Ranger is eight, um, almost nine, nine in August, um, Alaskan Malamute. So similar looks to a Husky, only think bigger, stronger, uh, way fluffier. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they kind of, in terms of sled dogs, they used to be used for pulling the heavyweight sleds, um, a lot used during the World War II, World War I. Um, yeah, which is kind of kind of a unique background, kind of cool. 
Um, but Ranger, he's black and white, um, has these wide set ears, um, this huge paws, big thick legs, uh, more fur than you can ever imagine. Yeah. Um, he has this big, huge tongue that's always out of his mouth. Just looks like he permanently has a smile on his face. Um, and just silly, goofy, adorable little thing. Yeah. Uh, little thing. He's a hundred pounds, so Yeah. <laughs> and I love um I love his ears. They're these beautiful, like pointy like triangles and they're so furry. Yeah, and so reactive. Like they're they're wide set, but when he's excited, they'll pin them back and and just you can tell when he's listening, the way they turn, oh, they're just so unique, so cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His uh he's really uh such a cute, cute little guy. Well, not a little guy. I know. I, bet... I call my little guy too. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you he's awesome to cuddle with though, especially in the winter. He is the best. So we had to get a king size bed just, <sighs> just for our dog because he's like adding a whole other human to our bed and he comes up and yeah, he likes to be the little spoon. So curls Aww. right. Yeah. yeah. That, that's awesome. And tell us about the, the origin story. How did uh, Ranger come to be in your life? Yeah, so I was actually at work one day, and um, one of my coworkers said, "Hey, is anybody interested in a, a Malamute puppy?" And I said, "Yeah, I am." And her mom had at her workplace saw an ad online for this puppy, trying to rehome him. So I immediately called those people up, and the next day we went to see him. And it was funny we um, we walked in the house, and they had him in the back room, and they opened the back room. And out comes this just energetic, excited puppy, little puppy. He was 30 pounds at 13 weeks old. Um, he hadn't grown into his ears yet. His feet were so big. He was clumsy and stumbling over them and just barreled down that hallway after us and just filled with so much excitement and just sat on our laps and gnawed on our hands and just, just happy as can be. So immediately we fell absolutely in love with him he saw our hearts right there and have it hasn't stopped since of course but um yeah so we we immediately wanted him and so we gave him kind of one last night with him and the next day we went and picked him up and here we are eight and a half years later and still just our little clumsy adorable silly excitable pup yeah oh that's that's a cute story and you know another um I think I said this in the last episode too, but the more I kind of chat with people and how they um, came to, you know, have their dogs in their lives, it's always like, like it was so meant to be. A lot of the times, like they weren't necessarily looking or they were looking for something else or not in the play. And it just kind of falls into your lap, right? Completely. And I had, I've always been a dog person. We've grown up with dogs. Um, when we were looking for our first home, we wanted a, I, I wanted a big backyard for our dog. We, I knew we would have a dog. I'm always going to have a dog. Um, so we hadn't quite started even looking yet for a dog. And it was just perfect timing. It was, hey, is anyone looking? Does anyone want a Malamute pup? Well, yeah, I do. They're just so majestic, so beautiful, so so cool, their, their personality, so much personality. So yeah, yeah, it really was, like you said, meant to be. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a beautiful story. And um, 
Now do tell us the most kind of exciting part, I think, for me anyway, always, is what what makes Ranger you a hero. And I think, like, there's so many qualities about him that I think are probably heroic. So I just, <laughs> I want to, I want to hear it all. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I even wrote some notes because there's so many things. I can't even think of all the things to tell you just how, how cool he is, how amazing he is. Um, but I, I get, we grew up with dogs, uh, but never, he was the first dog I've raised on my own. Mm-hmm. And I completely understand why people say Malamutes aren't uh, recommended for first time dog owners. Um, they are so smart. They're so stubborn. Um, yeah, just they're little escape artists. Um, I, I do remember the first few weeks we had him, he would jump our fence or jump our backyard to go to the neighbor's dog and play with the neighbor's dog. And then to come back over, he wouldn't do it because he wanted to stay and play. And, um, so we had to kind of build things up on our fence to make sure he couldn't jump over until we could actually build a a new fence that that he (laughs) really couldn't jump over. Um, same with at the dog park, we would go to the dog park and he'd have this group of friends and um anytime they came in if you recognize the vehicle or heard them barking he'd go and jump jump over the fence and run to meet them and so he's he's always just been it adventurous and, and yeah adventurous Love, <laughs> loves humans humans are his first um first love um and then we joke socks socks are his next love he loves socks loves nice. the season um and then other dogs in that order, I think. <laughs> um, but no, so it was a, a lot of challenges in the first little bit. I mean, this puppy was so hard to just hire out. We took him for multiple long walks a day and spend several hours at dog park all, all in a day. And he'd still come home with energy. But we knew that we had to enforce discipline. We had to enforce um, training. And mm-hmm. so I spent all, all day all every day training and he's doing what we wanted out of him and doing the research and reading books and online and anything any resource I could find of just how how to do this and how to do it right and I mean I'm so glad we did because he is honestly I mean the perfect dog every everybody's dog is perfect but I like to say you know what he is he's truly been so well behaved so good um and just, just a blast. Uh, it, it's really paid off all the training, all the hard work. And I would forever recommend the Malamute if you do have the time to put in and the energy. They're not for everybody. They, they do. They have a lot of energy, have a lot of spunk, have a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. If you don't step up as alpha, they will. So right. you really had to enforce, you know what? No, I'm, I'm the boss and, and he'll test you. He's still to this day at nine years old and he'll test you and just yeah it, it, it's a, always a fun fun process of, of learning with him and what what we become together yeah and he's, he's just my buddy he comes everywhere with me we do everything together and um yeah I, I the the big big thing for me um or the big story was a September end of August early September of 2019 mm-hmm. um Ranger became ill and he had some, he started drinking water more. He wasn't as energetic, but it was really hot. He was getting older. We kind of, kind of explained things away, to be honest. 
And then one day just had hind end weakness and then, and then couldn't get up. So we rushed him to the eMERGE vet, you know, kind of did some tests there and they were thinking possibly some neurological issues, um, not, not quite sure what's going on with them. So they said, you know what, it's not something we need to address right this second, make an appointment with your vet and, and do some more testing. Okay. So that's exactly what we did. And we found out he was diabetic. Oh um, yeah. So, I mean, something we know humans get, um, and, and we knew it was possible for dogs to get, never thought we would end up with a diabetic dog or where to even go from there, what to right. do. They just, I remember hearing it in the vet's office and just my head spinning there. Okay, what do we do now? Um, and in that moment, he had what they call ketones in his urine, which can be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, if left untreated, they can cause coma, they can cause death, like very, very serious. And, and just, I remember her talk, the vet talking to me and just, of course, burst out bawling. And this is, this yeah. is baby, this is my best friend, right? That's, that's, that's so, my gosh, that's so scary. That's like every, I think every dog parent can relate to that moment where, you know, you, you get the news about your dog and it's not necessarily like the best news and it, the, your heart sinks and then cool. yeah. you just, you just want to make it go away for them. Right. And it's, I think the other thing too, with dogs, it's like, because they can't communicate with language to you, it's also like, oh my gosh, like what, like what could I, I have done? Right. Like what. Yeah. they didn't uh, yeah it's just it's such a scary moment and you look back and you well yeah he was drinking more he was doing this he was doing that um and and, and signs we missed we really did miss them um and then everything I've read about it since or talked to different veterinarians and different groups on Facebook there's a diabetic dog group that we're a part of mm -hmm. which is awesome and we've learned so much from um people miss those signs it's they're easily explainable, easy to explain away, right? And, I yeah. mean, this summer it, it's hot. We didn't have a lot. He can't tell us what's going on. Yeah, There's exactly. Sometimes we would just say, if you could just tell us what what's wrong with you, bud. Um, but yeah, so that was that was the the feat we had. And I mean, they threw out different numbers of, of do we or different options of do we get them to stay at the emergency vet. Well, that was going to cost uh, a minimum of five five thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and we went. I mean, he's our baby, but on the other hand, that was just to get him in the doors to just start the process. Like, what what do we do? What are our options here, and and what can we do? Yeah. So we we did take him home that night, and we started him on insulin. Um, basically, we had to test his sugars, uh, feed his feed him a meal and give him his insulin every 12 hours. Um, and still to this day, that's what we do every day, reset a time and yeah, test the sugars, uh, feed him, give him his needle. That's, and, that is commitment. He's so, <laughs> he's so lucky to have you guys. It is commitment. It's been hard with a different shift. We, I, and my husband both work shift work. So just trying to, trying to make it work. Um, we've just incorporated him into our vacations. Um, any plans we have, we just, we work around his insulin time and make it work. And, and thankfully we've been able to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's something that wasn't even an option to us. It was, it just, it's what we have to do. It's what we do. Right. So he was also diagnosed with hypothyroidism. 
Um, so his sugars, his blood sugars weren't coming down for a long time. Um, so we got him on a, a medication for that to even that out. Um, and then with, with all the diabetes and everything comes a bunch of skin conditions, hot spots, losing fur, um, thinning out of his coat. Uh, he had eye problems. And then one night, just suddenly, it, what felt like overnight went blind. Um, my husband was cutting up vegetables, cutting up a pepper or something, and he would throw on some cucumbers or mm-hmm. whatever, and Rachel would always just go and find them on the floor and eat them, and um, he couldn't find them. He couldn't find a cucumber was in the floor. And he was like, wait a minute, what, what's happening? And he, he couldn't see. Um, if, he, if he can see, it, it's very little mm-hmm. um, out of his peripherals, but I think it's just at this point, just movement and very little. Um, but he, he didn't seem to care and we actually didn't even really notice it until he was searching for something that he was just suddenly blind. Yeah. And so he'll, we've got a back patio table that is actually pretty high. He'll go and he'll jump up on it. Or if we're working out in the front yard, we'll open up the garage door and stack stuff in, in, uh, in the way so he can't get out and run around and (laughs) lose them. But he'll jump over that and come and join us in the front yard. Oh my <laughs> yeah, for a blind dog to just, yeah, he doesn't care. I think we often joke that it's almost like a challenge for him that he's willing to take on and conquer. And Yeah. Um, well, and the other thing too, like the piece of good news is, so Sonia, my eldest, she's 16. Mm-hmm. She, as you know, is also blind. Um, mm-hmm. She went blind gradually because she started to develop cataracts as she got older. Um and I was so worried. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, she can't see. And then, you know, we went to the vet and they were like, you know, she really doesn't care. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, sight is not the dog's primary vision. It's mm-hmm. the sense of smell. So as long as they can smell, she, mm-hmm. she'll be fine. And, you know, it's so true. Like, it's amazing how well they adapt. And they're kind of like, well, this is where we're at right now. So <laughs> we're just going to make the best of it and kind of move on. It's it's pretty wild, right? Yes. Oh, completely. And, and like you said, yeah, they he just he he does he just keeps motoring on and people we meet people out on the street and um ranger too has has cataracts developed them from the diabetes mm-hmm. um and yeah people oh yes he, he has cool looking eyes i'm not sure if you ever get that for for your pup but yep <laughs> yeah and that makes like, oh no no he's actually blind but and people just don't even notice i'm not, I'm not sure if you experience the same thing but yep we just get a, get by so well that you wouldn't even know they're blind they go for hikes he yeah walks around doesn't bump in any furniture does stairs no problem so it's been cool to watch watch him just conquer and develop and not be afraid of anything so I mean when we look at it from day to day he's got two needles a day he has medication he has sprays and ointments and eye drops and the poor guy like I we just, I, we feel like we're torturing him all the time. And he could not care less. He has been so brave and so stoic and so fearless and patient with us and just through it all happy. He just yeah. continues to make us smile, continues to make us laugh as we are. I mean, I just, especially in the beginning, was heartbroken. Um, there were many sleepless nights on the floor, just holding him, um, stress and tears and you'd you'd look at him and and he wouldn't feel sorry for himself he was just he was happy and wherever you're going i'm going as long as you're with me he's okay 
Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I think they know that you're helping them. Like when you have to like give them medication or do mm -hmm. things that don't necessarily feel amazing. I think they know that you're doing it because you love them and you're, tr and you want to make them feel better. I think, I think they're aware. Yeah. And, and you know what, and that's almost become our kind of special little time. We try to make it as exciting as possible. And, um, he loves to play a game of chase. So he'll, <laughs> steal socks from around he thinks he's stealing socks we strategically leave them in places that he'll be able to find them. and he runs around the house with them so we'll chase him a bit and he loves that and he gets a couple of those liver bites liver treats and mm -hmm. so yeah he we've made it a, a fun occasion for him and, and I think you're right he does just get so excited around those times now because one you're there with him you're holding him you're looking after him you're petting him you're loving him and, and I think he just he feels that love yeah uh, and, and so I've tried to, to include that in my life now with, I mean, I want to live more fearlessly, more bravely. Uh, I want to be stoic. I want to be patient, kind, and just love wholeheartedly, just like he has. Mm -hmm. I mean, he showed us things that I would never guess a dog would ever be able to teach, teach us. And that's, that's now what I've implemented in my life and, and trying to do more things, more adventures, more excitement, things that, that scare me I want to do this I want to go out there like he would and couldn't care less he's by my side I'm by his side we're, we're good all's yeah. good yeah yeah guys are a team yeah unstoppable <laughs> adventure team <laughs> I love it oh for sure so I mean last September we celebrated his last hour uh, his first sugar bursary is what we call it his first mm -hmm. year of diabetes being a dogabetic is what I like to call him yep um, so we packed up the car and I took him on the most epic road trip. We left from Southwestern Ontario and drove all the way out to the West Coast. Um, Vancouver, actually just north of Vancouver and then all the way back. Just him and I camping out of the back of his vehicle. Um, we stayed with some friends and family. We hiked the mountains, we swam in lakes, we swam in the ocean. Um, did some backcountry camping in grizzly country. Like it was just the oh coolest trip just to do the two of us, just Ranger and I, and without fear. That, mm -hmm. was, that was the goal is just go, uh, don't be afraid of what, what might happen, what we might come across. We're, we're going to be okay. We're going to have fun together. We're going to have a great time. And that's exactly what we did. It was just so cool to see him in the mountains, um, swimming in the, the gorgeous, blue lakes that you don't see anywhere else and um and even to make it to the ocean just yeah. to go swimming in the ocean was so cool to, to see him do um something I had wanted to do since he was a pup and um I'm not sure why I waited so long to do it but yeah he he had a great time it was the coolest adventure so that is that is so cool and such such an inspiration like just listening you talk about it kind of like gave me goosebumps because <laughs> it's it's really just you know I think you're such a good example of people talk quite a bit about like the qualities that dogs have that humans should adopt um mm -hmm. and I think you actually are living that like you're not just saying I'm gonna try to be like ranger more open more loving more adventurous you're just actually doing it and I think that that's so cool and it's such an uh, inspirational example and I think that anybody who's listening to the to this episode can walk away like with that lesson and just kind of live your life the way ranger would right like like ranger would like a dog would and of course that's that's 
what uh, what I want to do, what I we should be doing. I mean, think of how much better this place would be if we all lived like our dogs, right? <laughs> they're they're special. They know they know what's going on, and they they do everything. I know Ranger does everything full force with yeah. his full heart, with just so excitement, so much gusto, and still to this day, I mean, he's nine years old. He, he's a big boy, and he still comes barreling down the hallway like he did that first time we met him with so much excitement to see us and, and so much excitement for what's the next adventure where are we going what are we doing what's up next yeah yeah very very cool very yeah that is a true hero a true modern day hero and he is having and I'm sure he's having a huge impact on your life and I'm sure that you know the people that you meet along the way or your friends or family or anybody listening to this podcast is being impacted by your and Ranger story as well so that's that's awesome thank you so much for sharing that with us thank you so much for having us and is um can you give us a little bit of an update like Ranger you you guys I think you got all his stuff under control he's doing really well right yeah so I mean uh, what we have heard about diabetes is um, the word control is, is a difficult word. Mm-hmm. Um, diabetes and dogs, I mean, in, in humans, humans can tell you what's going on. They can say when they're not feeling well, when they know their sugars are off, when they right. know something might be wrong or needs to be corrected. Um, and dogs, sugars change in an instant for whatever the matter. So yeah. sometimes the weather will be different and the sugars will be higher. Um, he'll be excited and the sugars mm. like, go higher, might drop and, and they could, they could raise or they could lower. It's kind of a, a guessing game as to what's going to happen. So it's a constant game of, of anytime anything's big is happening. We, we test the sugars, um, we do spot checks. Um, when we're out hiking, we always bring honey with us in case the sugars drop too low. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, yeah, kind of carby treats in, in case we need to keep them, keep his sugars up. Um, and we bring his testing kit so we can test his sugars any, anywhere he is. Yeah. Um, but no, he's doing, he's doing really well. Um, the heat, the sugars have raised a little bit. Right. Um, so we're trying to kind of up his insulin slowly a little bit just to, to bring them back down to where they were at. But we, it took, it took a long time. It was, uh, I want to say seven or eight months before we got his sugars kind of under control, which again, control yeah. is a terrible yeah. word, but um, till we saw good, good results and good numbers and actually they started dipping, dipping down to what they should be. Um, and actually it was, it was on our camping trip that they first started dipping, which is kind of, kind of cool, kind of just wow. all fit in with, with our adventure and, and how we live our life. And yeah, yeah, we, we went camping and we was happy as can be and the sugar's finally somewhat regulated. Yeah. Um, which was, was neat. So yeah, all winter they were fantastic. Um, now they've raised a little bit, but he still is, as you saw earlier, very happy, very, yeah. Yeah. His skin is, is cleared up. It's doing really well. Actually his coat is <laughs> yeah. coming back in. He was a little patchy there for a little bit, but yeah, no, he's got a good, good coat. And yeah, yeah. You can see the energy in him again. Yeah. For sure. He's definitely looking really good. And, um, you know, you, he, he's so lucky to have you to, you know, look after him and kind of just build your, you know, timeline around him. That's, you know, that's so important. And he, he deserves it. He deserves nothing less. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Yes. So yeah. really, really good to hear that he's doing well and we'll keep, uh, we'll keep Ranger in our thoughts. I'm sure everybody will and just wish him the best of uh, health as he uh, goes forward on his adventure journey. Yeah. Actually, it was so funny on, I, on our trip. Um, I was in Banff one night. We actually splurged and got a hotel and um, <laughs> we were walking just around to order some food, sat on the park bench and I was on the phone with my husband and all of a sudden I, I said to him, like, I gotta call you back. People are lining up for Pet Ranger <sighs> and sure enough there was a lineup of about four different groups of people just can I can I pet your dog and they waited in line literally to just just pet him just say hello and it was it was so so cool just to see how much other people loved our, our dog too right mm -hmm. it, it's cool because I we love them more than anything and then to see other people out there yeah in, in the mountains in Lake Louise people are taking pictures of the mountains and oh can I take a picture of your dog and so it's kind of kind of unique, kind of cool to see that uh, felt like a little bit of a, a celebrity out there. Oh, for sure. The people were like, "This mountain is nice and everything, but it's this dog is really is really." <laughs> I love it. Um, so I think that's actually a really good note for me to jump into the historical uh, canine figure that I picked out to tell you about. So if you're if if you're okay to move on to that, we can go ahead and jump in. Okay, so um, I was really inspired actually by your adventure with Ranger when um, I was trying to figure out who I wanted to talk to you about uh, for this episode. And uh, so I landed on, um, you know, historical dog who definitely was not afraid of adventure. Um, and in fact, he covered more than 2,500 miles in order to be united with his family. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is Bobby the Wonder Dog. Okay. Have you ever heard of him before? I don't think I have, but I'm excited to hear about him. Okay. Okay. So he, he's pretty cool. But just before I jump in, I just want to tell you what my sources are. It's uh, just OregonEncyclopedia.org and RoadsideAmerica.com. So if you want it, if anybody wanted more info, uh, you can go there. So, Bobby the Wonder Dog um, was born in 1921. That was some time ago. Um, and I guess they didn't really keep accurate records of, like, dog birthdays. So, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know the exact date. But um, we know that shortly after he was born, he went to live with a family in a town called Silverton in Oregon. Um, and Bobby was a Scottish Collie and English Shepherd mix. Um, and he grew to be a very handsome boy. He had like long flowing locks and they were golden brown and white in color. Mm -hmm. And he had this like really nice pointy muzzle. He had floppy ears um, and like really sharp, really clever eyes. Um, and Bobby's family really adored him, especially um, the two daughters, Leona and Nova were their names. Um, and so it's no surprise that in August of 1923, when Bobby was just two years old, the two girls took him with them when they went on a trip with their parents, who were called uh, Frank and Elizabeth Brazier, um, to visit some relatives in uh, Walcott, Indiana. Now, when they stopped at a gas station, um, you know, this is the 1920s, so... Let's try not to be too judgmental about what's happened here. Um, 
But when they stopped at a gas station, Bobby was attacked by three other dogs and actually ran away. Um, And after an exhaustive search, the heartbroken Brazier family were unable to find him. And so they continued their trip before returning home to Oregon. And they kind of expected that they just weren't going to see him again. You know, they were in a different state. Um, But I found sources that said that basically it's not like they just were like, oh, well, he's gone. And like they left. They looked for him and they stayed a couple of days in the place where the gas station was and like put up flyers and stuff. But they couldn't find him. So they, they moved on. Um, so you can imagine that they were very surprised when, um, in February of 1924, that would be six months later, Bobby returned to Silverton. Oh my goodness. So he very clearly undertook a long and exhausting journey and his body uh, really showed it. He was mangy he was dirty he was scrawny um and his toenails were like worn completely almost down to to nothing um but yeah so he showed all the signs of like basically walking the entire over 2500 miles um and this included swimming rivers and even crossing the continental divide during the coldest part of winter wow so speaking of adventure, <laughs> <laughs> that is one for sure. I have goosebumps just thinking about it. And uh, yeah, he, this dog definitely did not have any fear. He just went for it. <laughs> um, so yes, he, during his travels, he crossed at least 2,551 miles. And if you want to know what that is in kilometers, it's uh, 4,105 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he walked through plains and mountains in the winter to return home. Uh, and he uh, work, walked an average of approximately 14 miles or 23 kilometers per day. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, so naturally, when he returned home, he became very famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his story drew a lot of national attention. He was, uh, you know, obviously and rightfully featured in numerous newspapers, books, and even in film. In fact, Bobby the Wonder Dog played himself in, nine, in the 1924 silent film called Call of the West. Mm-hmm. And he also received many, many letters from people around the world and was honored for his dedication, resiliency, and bravery with a jewel-studded harness and collar. Oh. Uh, He also also received many ribbons and was even given given keys to a number of different cities. Wow. So pretty badass. Um, But probably the best gift of all, from Bobby's perspective, that is, uh, was a leash law exemption that allowed him to roam Silverton freely for the rest of his days. (laughs) oh i love that that's so fun they probably decided this dog walked like (laughs) we're just gonna gonna let him do it yeah yeah um now what i find really fascinating is that some of those letters that bobby received were from people who saw or helped him in one way or another uh while he was on his journey um so during the original trip, the braziers, or I guess the braziers, I'm not actually sure how to pronounce their last name, had parked their car in a service station each night. And so Bobby visited each of these stops on his journey, along with a number of homes and a homeless camp. So I guess he figured he was smart enough to be like, this is a service station. They might be there. Wow. 
Um, and in Portland, an Irish woman took care of him for a period of time, helping him recover from some injuries to his legs and paws. Um, now, the Humane Society of, of um, um, Portland, uh, it says portal here in my notes for some reason, but that is not a, a place. Um, <laughs> so they were able to use these stories to piece together a relatively, relatively accurate description of uh, Bobby's route. And they concluded that after returning to Walcott and when he wasn't able to find his uh, family, Bobby initially, initially followed the uh their further travels into Northeast Indiana. Um, I guess he kind of tried to follow their scent. And then he uh, struck out in several directions, trying to find their scent again. Uh, and then he eventually headed West. Wow. That's incredible. That is, I mean, yeah, if, if you can find your way home from there, you may as well be off leash in your own hometown. Right. Uh, pretty impressive. Um, so Bobby unfortunately passed away in 1927, um, which I guess he was only six years old. But I guess considering the you know ordeal that he had survived, I'm, I'm sure that took a toll on his body and body. And then you know I'm also pretty sure that the veterinary medicine wasn't as evolved in the 1920s as it is now. <laughs> sure. Um, but he was buried with honors at the Oregon Humane Society's Pet Cemetery in Portland. Um, and a week later, a German shepherd film star named Rin Tintin laid a wreath at his grave. Oh, that's so um, and his grave is sheltered by a fancy white and red dog house that he received during a promotional appearance at the Portland Home Show. Mm-hmm. Um, his hometown of Silverton held an annual pet parade in his memory. Uh, and this is really cool. The first parade was led by his son. His name was Pal. And then uh, current ones that are still happening are led by winners of an annual Bobby lookalike contest. Oh, cool. That's a fun memory. Yeah. And then um, Bobby's demonstration of loyalty is celebrated now during Silverton's. Sorry, I just told you about that. Um, But basically, the parade is really meant to serve as a reminder of the special place animals and pets have on people's lives. Um. And, uh, yeah, but later, so, um, after like the event had started and then, um, some years later, a 70 foot long mural of his life was painted on a wall facing the busiest street in town in Silverton. So, um, you can actually Google pictures of it and it's like a really big mural that basically shows like his, his life and his, his kind of adventure and his travel journey. Um, and at one end of the uh, mural is a life-size statue of Bobby sits uh, on a square of astroturf mm-hmm. um, and which that statue is uh, you know easier to photograph than the always roaming real Bobby would have been <laughs> um, and then next to the statue is a replica of Bobby's fancy dog house um, and it's you know obviously more convenient to visit than in Portland. I'm not exactly sure, but they for some reason like moved his doghouse to Portland, so I guess people could like go see it as like a memorial, even though he. But yeah. Um, but yeah, and then a half mile north, a mural of the pet parade shows the Bobby statue being towed in a wagon while the Bobby lookalike uh, leads the pack. Oh, that's um, yeah. That's a- Fun remembrance for him, fun celebration. 
Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, Bobby's new role as civic promotional symbol is perhaps less miraculous than his original return. But the story of his desire to just get home is something that every generation of dog tired travelers can appreciate. Yeah. And that and that is the story of Bobby the Wonder Dog. Oh, very cool. That's very inspiring, very adventurous, all all over about and yeah. dog to imagine the things he must have seen on his journey and even to avoid predators and some more serious injuries and like you said, went through the mountains and the plains and Holy cow. That's yeah, that's a story to tell for sure. Yeah, it's it's wild too. Now, you know, I was wondering like he was walking through like the dead of winter, like he showed up home in February, like what did this poor thing eat? Yes. Yeah. You know, he he's lucky that he came across some good people that, you know, wanted to help him out and I'm sure they like fed him and then this woman in Portland who um took care of him for a little while while he had an injury, like and then he kind of went on his way. Yeah. Just think a, a story of adventure for sure, but then also a story of, you know, goodwill from for yeah. people. The compassion, yeah, people have along the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Ranger is on the couch there behind you, so I hope he heard this story too. <laughs> <laughs> He's listening. <laughs> oh, well, napping away. <laughs> nice. I hope he knows that um, my pick for today was most definitely expired by by his uh, adventurous spirit. <laughs> oh, and that just inspires us even more, to be honest. So we, um, yeah, I mean, we had so much fun last September and we're, we're planning on um, COVID and health willing mm-hmm. to do another one in September. Oh, amazing. That would yeah. be so fun. So that's some, some different spots and some more adventures and, and live like the Wonder Dog. Yeah. Now, is there anywhere on Instagram that uh, the listeners can follow Ranger on his adventures? Yeah, they sure can. Um, he has an Instagram, Ranger the Malamute, um, is his his Instagram handle. And yeah, all his journeys and awesome. yeah. I highly recommend that you guys follow uh, Ranger's Instagram because you're really missing out if you're not. And I will be sure to tag. Uh, um, that account uh, when I post on my Instagram, which is Masha dot and the dogs. Um, so I'll definitely be posting uh, a picture or two or seven of Ranger um, <laughs> to <laughs> promote this episode. And I'm really hopeful that you guys are going to go give Ranger a follow so that you can uh, come on some of his adventures vicariously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The silly dog. And he, ever since he was a pup, didn't mind dressing up or yeah having bandanas or shirts or hats or anything and I mean it probably helped us with all the poking and prodding we've had to do <laughs> now with all his health journey but um yeah you know it, it made for for a fun adventure on, on Instagram and, and just yeah. to display what what we love about him so much and have other people be able to to see a little bit of that. He's definitely got some great outfits, let me tell you. And uh, he's a hockey fan, so you're gonna have to go. You're gonna have to go check out which teams he supports. <laughs> Big baseball fan. He loves his baseball. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Loves. Loves going to live games um, when we play baseball and talk. He's. I didn't say this earlier, but Malamutes are known for their talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> barking, but just this weird high pitched talking. 
ranger is the quietest dog ever we can't we've walked around the house trying to get him to talk won't won't say a peep people come to the door knock on the door doesn't do anything doesn't bark doesn't say a word we take him out to the baseball diamond and he won't stop talking he just talks the whole time just so excited to see everybody and everyone all rangers here and he comes and gets pets from the whole team yeah belly rubs and um so we, he loves it but yeah then we we come home and not a word out of him just well dead. maybe he's just you know being a bit of a coach he's giving yeah. people pointers he's like hey <laughs> that is true yeah <laughs> yeah I love that I love that well, um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and um, sharing your ranger with us and sharing your amazing adventures and sharing like your just absolutely inspirational story. If you didn't feel inspired by this, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having us. Alrighty. So uh, thanks uh, everybody for listening. This was another great episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, And I'm definitely going to have another good one next time. But until then, go cuddle your dog.